Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. All right, everybody, welcome back to the TNQ Podcast. I'm your host, Marcus Luttrell. Every week, it's my job to fire you up, to ignite the legend inside of you, and to push you to your greatness. Join me every week as I take you into my briefing room with some of the most hard-charging people on the planet. They're going to show you how to embrace the suck of life, teach you the values of working your ass off, and charge through whatever life throws at you. This is the Team Never Quit Podcast. So buckle up, buttercup. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Team Never Quit Podcast. Thank you guys for always listening, sharing, and most importantly, subscribing. If you haven't already, make sure you follow us on social media, teamneverquit.com slash social, or follow us on YouTube, because we're about to start dropping videos like that arm wrestling contest we got coming. All right, it's going to happen. All right, pay-per-view, it's happening. All right, so Patreon question of the day for you guys. Shalene asks, this is a good one, I think, for both of you guys. Okay. During the lockdown... With all the extra time with close family members, what are two positive things you learned about yourself or family members that you never noticed before? So I was locked down, locked down. They stuck me out on the you ranch. Were down. Yeah, I was like on the <laughs> lockdown, lockdowns. Me and, and then the Melly's entire family, all the daughters, the grandparents, and um, it was the best thing that ever happened to me. They asked, I we had to, it's just like the, the good Lord locked the country down so we could all learn how to hang out with those around us, our family who are most important to us, and learn how to like relax a little bit. I mean, it, it, it's weird saying that, but it literally took everything away from me, which is everybody else. And it, that was what my life was. And I'm not, and then it condensed us all to what was around us. So you learned how to appreciate and love. Anything and everything that was around us. I mean, and we get up in the morning. The whole family goes to work out. Then we go to the grandparents to eat breakfast. You got lunch at the at dad's house, and you come over and at, at the other house we would we would all eat. And then it was it was that the learning how to relax again and and slow down because I would be the guy that while I was in the middle of doing something, I would be thinking to the next evolution and how I needed to get through it, to, to prep for it. So whenever we got there, I was ready. And I wouldn't enjoy every second of the moment that I was in with the people that I was in doing whatever it was. And if you had a snapshot of life, if you only got down here for a second and whatever it is you were doing, if you enjoyed every second of it, that was the the, the whole point. I I lost that throughout my training and everything that I had to go through because we get to moving so fast. And then ultimately, it was like recognizing my family. <laughs> I mean, because, you know, when you're stuck together and you're living in the same place and all that, you, you get to see sides of the family you never do during the holidays. Yeah. Everybody puts their holiday face on. <laughs> and so, I mean, it was great. Mark, you got something for that? What'd you learn? Lockdown with the... Well, I, I, I got to tell you, I um, it was different for me than for most, because I, I live both in Washington, D.C. and in 
California and Los Angeles. Uh, so I, I went back and forth a great deal. And what I discovered is that my being away uh, made my family happier. <laughs> okay, so I was always away. So that's why I had it on my side. I can, I can see the opposite, the other side of it, right? <laughs> like, man, get so your ass My biggest takeaway was that I learned. <laughs> so are you back? Are you back? What are you doing here? <laughs> what? I thought you just left. You're already home. Okay, great. The shutdown allowed me to see uh, a side of my wife that I would not have seen otherwise, which was her ability to do distance learning with our six-year-old son. Uh, it was a very, very difficult season. Now we've started it again yesterday. <laughs> and seeing the commitment of a mother, uh, guys, we don't have the kind of... Um, uh, endurance and the kind of patience that mothers have with children. Mm-hmm. Oh. And um, just to see her ability to do that successfully every day, uh, something that she, you know, was not accustomed to doing uh, was a real revelation for me. So that, that's my, that's my take on it. Yeah, absolutely. Shalene, thanks so much for your question. Hey, if you guys want to have a question for the guys, for our guest. Join us at Patreon, patreon.com slash team never quit. You get exclusive access to the show, all kind of extra stuff. Hey, guys, we've got an awesome guest lined up today. He was actually sent to us from our friend Victor Marks, who's been on the podcast in the past. More than 20 years ago, Mark Little said yes to life, although a gunshot wound to his right leg tried to prove otherwise. And after the amputation of his right leg, he beat the odds and lived. Now through his work as a lawyer author, entrepreneur, and community builder. He teaches others how to say yes to life as well. Mark, thanks so much for joining us. Good to be with you guys. We should have this because he's an extremely good-looking man. I know this going to be fun. We're gray-headed, gray-haired. How do you know, do it? Man, do, and we're younger. I think about not having hair. And we're, hair. Like and we're younger than you, and you are, too. you go through some hard stuff, we get the gray. Like, we can't get rid of this stuff. When it just naturally goes away, that's that debonair. Well, here's the deal. After you shot, you just shave your hair. Yeah. That's it. But I don't have one of those good heads. I have. It's I all mean, side, I, like, sideways. It's like weird. Look, you got a bunch of scars on we it. We had to shave our kinda, heads and basically yeah, training. And it's training like, man, this, and we got like really this. bushy eyebrows, too. So it, so it looks, looks kind of. Doesn't look know. right. I don't want to talk about it. Change Can you guys think of a mad minute question for him? Uh, we've already. I think. I think we just yeah, roll you're rolling. Right, right, right. I'm ready to get all. I'm get all out of here. Doing so much homework. Has to say. So much homework <laughs> on you, Mark. I, I'm excited just to hear your just to hear your story. So the, the theory, the the theme behind Team Never Quit podcast is someone who's lived through just a, an extraordinarily sit, extraordinary situation and just persevered and and really we would like to say is did, they didn't let that define their lives and just doing and researching you and just seeing what you've accomplished since your 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 never quit moment I guess the best way we can put it I, I'm just can't wait to kick this thing off so if you don't mind well if you, if you give the listeners a little backstory on, on who you are where you're from and then if you're you know what i i might have jumped the gun your, your never quit story might not have been when you got shot it was it, it was. was it was okay i mean a lot of people their whole life and there's there's certain certain moments to define and and put us into the to kind of the realm that we're in and, and when i when i started people were telling me about you and uh, and I know you're going to get into this, but but in my head, you know, when when somebody came at you to get initiated into their gang, well, then you had to go through what you had to go through to get in, initiated into this one. And I mean, we dude, we got your classified file right here, and I mean, we've been waiting for you to show up. 
Sorry. And I'm sure you got it from Victor Mark. <laughs> oh, man. I can't believe. <laughs> we could just do a whole show about that guy. But please, with all means, uh, tell our audience, man, and, and the rest of the team members. Uh, yeah, let's let's start. Let's, let's kick talk this off. about you. Sure. I, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to. And again, guys, thank you so much. Um, and this this is a um, an interesting family. Any body that Victor Marks introduces me to ends up being a lifelong friend. Uh, he is one of God's uh, anointed, as you know, and I'm glad to be in relationship with him and and now in relationship with you. I love the the title of this uh, uh, podcast, Never Quit. Uh, I think as believers, we all have a testimony. Um, Revelations 12 and 11, you may also know I'm a pastor, so I'll also uh, probably sprinkle in some uh, scripture along the way, but Revelation 12 and 11 says, we overcome the enemy by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. Uh, God gives us a story for a reason. He gives us a story so that we can help our neighbor. Uh, There's an old song that says, if I can help somebody, if I pass along, then my living shall not be in vain. And that's what testimony is for. It's to help someone who is hurting or to help someone who maybe not be a believer uh, and show them the love of Christ. And so I'm happy to be able to do just a little of that today. I did have a never quit moment and I'll share it um, uh, as briefly as I can because it is a it's a long story. Um, but the ending, uh, the ending is good. The Lord says in, uh, in Romans uh, uh, that everything works together for the, for the good of those who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. So uh, he ordains the steps of the righteous. Uh, and I love that. I love that. No matter how tough our journey is, uh, we should always remember that God has a purpose and a call on our lives. We're all going through a tough season and a tough time uh, with what's happening in the country, if not the globe. Uh, but God is in it. So in, in July uh, 1987, four days after my birthday, July 27th, I was I had just graduated from USC here in, in Southern California. Mm, uh, yeah, we were going to give you grief about that. <laughs> I am a Trojan both <laughs> undergrad and law school. I went to law school there as well. We don't want to, yeah, we didn't want to cut you off because you were getting in your move. I said, I'm a Longhorn. <laughs> and that was the first thing I wanted to do was just drop that Rose Bowl championship right in your yes. lap because I know you were probably at the game. Well, when I started at USC, they were on suspension. Uh, and so they had violated NC2A rules. And they were on lockdown, man. So when I first started at USC, it was a pretty uh, tough football season. But, uh, you know, I got to tell you, uh, the the heart behind uh, the USC athletic department is what sent me to law school. Swim with Mike uh, is a a scholarship for athletes who uh, have fallen. And they picked me up, man, uh, after the story that I tell you about. That is one of the reasons I am where I am, because of the heart behind uh, the USC athletic department. Absolutely. Yeah. We, we definitely want to hear that piece too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yes, sir. So in short, in short, uh, in July, 1987, I was coming back from the market at that time in my life, guys, I was living off of peanut butter and jelly. I, uh, can I get an amen for peanut butter and jelly? Amen. 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 Still my go-to. Hopefully, hopefully you have a buddy that has jelly because we only we have peanut Why butter. do we look down on that when, when we're in the, in the gutter? Because I eat it when, no matter where <laughs> it's like, Hey, that's the definite go-to. 
I had one just two days ago. There's something about and it's uh, sheer delicious. By the way, by the way, you, you got to do it right. You have to do it right. You have to have white Wonder Bread. Wonder Bread. Wonder bread. White Wonder Bread. People don't understand that. That's a thing. It's a thing. You got to have creamy Jif or Skippy. It's got to be creamy, not with nuts. Can't be crunchy. No, it has to be the smooth. Mm. The, 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 the smooth. Grape jelly. Great jelly. jelly. Now, I, I, have, I have gone off the farm. I have taken a liking to strawberry. strawberry. I knew it. I knew you, you were going to say that. <laughs> So are we no, talking, got me too. <laughs> are we talking Concord or Welch's? You know, because people don't yeah, understand. Or jam or jelly. People don't understand. You know that's a difference. They don't understand how Wonder Bread grabs the jelly, jelly and the and peanut butter, butter together. And it, and it's it, it's just, like it becomes one. And it's if you almost, leave it for a little while, it's even better. It's almost a chemical reaction. Absorbed. That's exactly right. And by the way, nowadays, and I got to tell Victor this, who has taken to getting thrown off of planes. Nowadays, <laughs> because they don't they don't feed you anymore, a PB and J is the way to go. I'm just I gotta tell you, it'll fill you up all day. So good right now. I wish I had at least two PB and Js. You're good to go. From now on, every time we have people to the house out here to Valhalla, that's the hors d'oeuvre. I'll be right back. Okay, guys, little small ones on toothpicks. VIPs. Well, I'm a strawberry. I can't. I mean, that means. I mean, that means so much to me that you said you have to have Wonder Bread because Marks and I used to ball it up in our pocket. Because you can make you a, got, you can take the Wonder Bread big, and the peanut butter and make a dangerous thing. Of, that's great. All right, I, I, I'm sorry. I'm We're totally to getting off topic here, man. We're trying to be all serious. Would you get serious, I'm Pastor? To... <laughs> hey, you're, hey, you're the one leading you the flock here. If you stay serious. All right, all right, all right. So, I was getting a PB and J at USC off-campus housing, and I came back. It's about 9.30 at night, and I was walking up to my apartment, and my then-girlfriend, now wife, praise the Lord, uh, came out because she'd seen these guys in front of the apartment, parked in front of the fire hydrant, sort of looking in an ominous way, like they didn't mean uh, you know, any good for anybody. So she came out to meet me, and we walked together, and she said to me, you know, ignore these guys. I'm not sure what's going on, but just ignore them. Let's let's get into the apartment. Well, I'm born in, in Connecticut, West Haven, uh, born in New Haven, but raised in West Haven, single mom. Uh, but but a father, uh, you may know, my dad is Floyd Little, a Hall of Famer from yes, the uh, Denver Broncos. Absolutely. But it, that's a side note. But raised by a single mom, raised in Connecticut. You know, at that time, Connecticut wasn't what it is today. Today, it's a dangerous place, actually. Uh, but so I was naive is the point. And so I was walking and she said, ignore these guys. And sure enough, uh, one of the guys who was outside the car uh, uh, leaned over the passenger side front windshield as if he was trying to fix something. And he said to me as I passed, can you help me fix this? Can you just help me fix this? With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash spoken. That's linkedin.com slash spoken. Terms and conditions apply. And I ignored the, the voice of wisdom now that I realize she was the voice of wisdom and perhaps even the voice of God. Uh, 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 who said, uh, ignore them. And I ignored the voice, and I said, sure, help you fix what? 
And as I approached him to determine how I could help, he turned around and he had a 12 gauge shotgun concealed that now was pointed in the center of my forehead. And he said, give me a hundred dollars. You better have at least $100. And guys, I don't know if you uh, have been in, in, in service in the military or if you've encountered uh, violence, but something happens um, when you encounter violence and people like Victor are able uh, because of their training uh, to not let that impact their ability to see, hear, or act. I was impaired. When he put that 12-gauge shotgun in the middle of my forehead, everything stopped. His speech became slow. His, his, his movement became slow. Everything went in slow motion. And I could hear him say in slow motion, give me $100 at least $100. And in that moment, all I could see or think was that my head was about to be blown off of my shoulders and behind me on the ground as my wife, then girlfriend, Tigra, would witness it. That's all I could see or think. By the grace of God, and I mean that literally, instead of pulling the trigger, he turned the gun around. He turned that shotgun around and hit me on the side of the head. Not hard enough to knock me down, but hard enough for me to take advantage of it. And I fell to the ground under my own um, unction, if you will. I said, maybe this will end it. Uh, and in those, in those nanoseconds, I, I thought if I could just fall, he would go away. Well, I fell. I fell down. And he stood over me with that 12-gauge shotgun, three feet away, three to maybe five feet away. And he pulled the trigger. And, and, and I, I promise you, in, in that moment, it seemed to me that he was aimed at, he was aiming at my head. Uh, as you know, a 12-gauge is a very powerful weapon. And he shot me, and it hit me in my main artery in my right leg. Uh, he then jumped into the car and sped off. There was a driver. And I could hear Tigra going door to door, knocking, screaming for help. I was at Jefferson and McClintock. And if you know the area at that time, there was a fire station, literally, uh, probably 30 to 50 yards away from where I was. And they came immediately and they took me to uh, California Med. And by the time I arrived, guys, I had one unit of blood left because he had hit the main artery. I was bleeding out. I got into that ambulance and I knew um, it was a weird, weird moment for me, but it was as if the Lord was saying to me, do you want to live or do you want to die? Do you want to live or do you want to die? I didn't know how bad a shape I was in, in those few moments. From the time that he shot me and the time that the ambulance came, uh, life was literally uh, leaving me. And I heard an angel, a voice. I don't know if it was an angel. I don't know if it was the Lord. But I heard a voice said, do you want to live or die? And I asked the, the paramedic, the EMT. I asked the paramedic. I said, just tell me one thing. In response to the voice that I was hearing, I asked him a question. I said, just tell me one thing. Ladies, cover your ears if you're listening. I said to the EMT, are my balls all right? Is it, so are they still there? That's the thing. 
Like our guys asked that. They they put that in our will. I was I, Pastor, I was a medic. And, they, and when we were filling out our wills, they were like, hey, I want you to try and do everything you can to save me. But if my junk's gone, especially the non-married guys and the guys that hadn't, they were like, hey, if it's gone, then just make me comfortable. <laughs> People don't think that's true. It is. It's, you know what I'm talking oh, about. Oh, yes, sir. Completely. You also know that your words in that moment can save a life. Those words yeah. can save a life. He could have given up and if he, he said no. <laughs> He lifted up that sheet and said, yes, they are. I decided to stay. Yeah, good to go. <laughs> so let me, let me, yeah, yeah, and I'm good. I'm good. But let me let me get to the end of the story for you, the never quit moment. Because because I in that moment it was clear that I had a choice. I decided to stay. And the Lord, uh, it was clear, began uh, to use me. My story has been told nearly every year, uh, ever since 1987. Uh, and, and the challenges that I faced to learn to walk again, I ended up having my right leg amputated, as you said at the top of the uh, show. Right leg amputated. I walk around now with a cane and, 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 and a prosthesis. Uh, and, and, and the difficulty of being a dad with now a six-year-old and uh, not being able to run and play with him, all of those things have become a part of who I am now. Uh, but I, I've claimed victory. I've claimed victory because... I now know that tomorrow is not promised. I live every day as if it could be my last because our lives are that fragile. And so I want to do the will of the Lord today because tomorrow is not promised. And so that's how I live, live my life. Uh, and, it, and it is a journey. Uh, it is not an easy cross to bear. But guess what? Everybody has a cross. Uh, everybody has to lean on God. Because this journey is not easy. Uh, it's not uh, uh, strawberries and cake, uh, but it is a life worth living. Um, because if we understand why we're here, if we understand, and that's what it did. It, it, it gave me a focus. This life is not about what kind of car I can drive. It's not about what degrees I can get. We are here to build the kingdom of God. And these, these encounters that we have, uh, we have no choice but to draw closer to the Lord and lean not to our own understanding, but in all our ways acknowledge him and he will make our path straight. That's why we're here. We're here to lift up the standard. The word says, if the Lord be lifted up, then he'll draw all men unto him. It's not about us. It's about what we can do for the kingdom. Amen. Well, the, the best part about it is every one of us are different. We're as unique as our fingerprint which means not everybody's going to have the same kind of job while we're down here. And, and when you understand that, because a hard day to somebody else is not a hard day to us a, a, and vice versa. It, it's funny. Cause sometimes when you're like, yeah, you know, I'm here. That's what I'm supposed to do. And then when we get in there and we start walking the path, it gets really tough. You're like, well, man, this is terrible. We're like, well, yeah, yeah we just said that. <laughs> we just said it was supposed to be like that. <laughs> that's what you said. You just signed up for Now you're complaining. No, no, not. That's how you know you're in it. Hey, Mark, I got a, I got a question for you. Because faith is so much a part of your life, and your story is that your story has touched touched my heart. I just want you to know that. Were you and I and I asked and I, I want to ask you this: was was faith a a, a a a part of your life before the accident as much as it is now? Yeah, th th thankfully it was. I was raised by a mother and a grandmother uh, back in Connecticut, uh, and I, I certainly was a believer. 
as a college student, I probably, well, not probably, I certainly wasn't walking uh, in the way that I try to walk today with the awareness of, of the call of God. Um, but yes, prayer was a part of my life. Uh, and, uh, and the community that I was in uh, really was a, a big part of, of bringing me through uh, the prayers and the love and the, uh, uh, the, the, the support, absolutely, uh, from the uh, body of Christ had a lot to do with my recovery. Yeah. Can you can you do uh, our listeners and, and us a, a favor? Because so many people, especially with the, everything that's going on in the world today, so many people give up. You had every opportunity to be a statistic on the wrong side of the of the bell curve. You did. But you're an outlier. You have gone the complete opposite direction. Is there something that you can it's a piece of advice, a phrase, whatever, um, that you think that we could, people could hang their hat on. Because when I hear you talk, you, it, and I know there's struggle. Every man, every woman, every being struggles. But you're so full of life. And I've only, I've only had the opportunity to talk to you for now for about 31 minutes. You know, so I don't know what I don't know. But your, your, your love of life is infectious. And I'm just watching you on a video. So... How did, I know, right? I got this weird did, grin on my face. Where did that? Is mouth. there I some? Like, I mean, I want to know more. How does? <laughs> oh, hey, you know, what do we? Where's the church? So many, I'm gonna have yeah, so right. many veterans. You know, and I'm a big. We're big veteran folks. So many veterans and you know, first responders and just and just people that have these traumas in their life. Man, they shut the book. They don't turn the page and continue the next yeah. chapter. Absolutely, absolutely. Thank you for for that question. And I can I can say to you honestly. Um, that if you asked me that in 1987, I would not have been able to answer uh, with any real substance. Uh, but now I, I can, and I alluded to it earlier. Uh, you know, when Jesus came down from the Sermon on the Mount, uh, he then said in, in Matthew chapter 5 uh, and 13, going down to verse 17, uh, he gave us our identity. So many of us are struggling because we are we're lost in this sea of life, not understanding who we are, whose we are, and what we are to do. Uh, and it's because we, we haven't connected to our identity in Christ. Uh, the word says that we are salt and light. He gives us our identity. He says in Matthew chapter 5, verse 13, we are salt and light. What does that mean? What does that mean? Ah. When we understand that we're called to preserve culture as salt, what does that mean? We preserve culture by sharing with our neighbors who Christ is, who Christ is and that he's coming back for his church. We're to preserve the culture. And we see here in California right now uh, is, a, is a bill called SB 145, where we are lessening the penalties for for adults who sleep with children. I heard that. That's the most, yeah. We, we are called to, 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 to push against that uh, as salt, to say no to that, to preserve a godly culture. Salt, salt. We are called to be light. We are called to shine the light of Christ into darkness. The word says that the light shineth in the darkness, the darkness comprehendeth it not. We are called to shine. And so to your answer, to your question, rather, to your question, we are called to walk in our identity in Christ Jesus. We're called to be the salt and light. Here's why I love it. Here's why I love that passage. 
Because before that, only Jesus was referred to as the light. Jesus was called the light of the world. He then comes down from the mount, from the Sermon on the Mount, and says, you are the light. I love it. I love it. He uh, Thank you, Lord. He connects our calling to who and what he is. It is such an amazing scripture that tells us what our power is in the kingdom. Our power is to walk as Jesus walked and to walk in power to shine the light of darkness. The darkness is overcoming the world as we speak today. Today we can look out at the TV, we can look out our windows, and we can see the success of the enemy. The church is called to push back against that. So many in the church and the body of Christ today are simply sitting and watching the enemy overcome us. We have a role to play today, a role to shine the light of Christ and to tell people that we're not lost, to tell people that to have faith that he has not left us and he will never forsake us. And that, that is what is um, gripping me in this season, uh, is that we're not grabbing hold as believers to our identity. I loved when you talked about first responders. There's something uh, that is in you. Uh, there's something that uh, God gave you that perhaps you haven't even taken a hold of. It's something that you can't even identify that gives you a boldness to walk into the Twin Towers, to say, I have a calling and I'm going to serve uh, the people uh, that God has called me to serve. Uh, it's a beautiful thing. And I have so many friends that have done what you do. There's a, there's a boldness. There's a, I don't care. I'm called to do something today. And you get up in the morning and you walk in your purpose. You walk in your purpose. Uh, people like Victor Marx to go into dangerous battlefields because they have an anointing to do what God has called them to do. That's what we're missing today. The church is anemic because they don't understand their calling. I'm going to have to now wipe my nose as I'm talking. Excuse <laughs> yes, me. Sir. No, 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 you're good. Yeah. Hey, anemic. You know what that means? That that's kind of the lack of salt. And when when the Lord created the light, He called it day, and the night, the darkness, He called night. And the salt, and what's referred to, is the ones in the light who get the in the military, in the navy. When you get your salt, that means you've been in a while, like you've you've been through the the stuff. Like you're salty, salty enough to where you become an edge walker. Like my chief, he was the saltiest guy I ever met. He's like, I want you on the edge where the demons live. And that way you bring them back towards us. I'll pull you back when I think you've had enough. And when, let me tell you something. You don't think the boss has a group, a table, like over set up where no one else eats, like the other, like the masters where he's like, these are my boys over here. When stuff goes wrong, these are the ones I send in. <laughs> There's good guys in hell. Okay. He's, I mean, we're, we're there. And with, as we go through all this, and, the, as, and you, you're the willingness to stand in to the, at the edge of the light where the darkness is, because that's the only way you can bring it back around. It chases itself. One can't exist without the other. But there can right. be a harmonious circle. That's the yin and yang. And, and throughout time, it's been explained like that. I mean, in the beginning, with it, no matter how you write the word out, if it was black paper with white ink or white paper with black ink, and then everything in between. And how it all funnels together in its perfect creation. 
Perfect something isn't much to look at, actually. You get bored with it. Imagine the perfect picture. What do we do? We break it up, and it's all these imperfect pieces, and you go through life trying to find out which piece you fit with, whether you're offset or not, because we all come from one spot. The best way I ever explain it is like, man, we're all from the same fruit, just different juices. <laughs> yeah. It kind of yeah. filters out over time. And, yeah. it, and once you realize where it is you could step into and not, and that all comes with age and rank and experience. I mean, it, it it's a it's hard to step into the dark. It's scary. I mean, I, you're not born like that. You're not you're not born with that kind of instinct, right? But I mean, because it does exist, then you have to. There, there's those of us that you know what, man, that's your calling. That's what you got to do. Sorry, yeah, it's supposed to be tough because yesterday's gone. We have a saying: the only easy day was yesterday. That's why you leave a time remnant, and hopefully, it's a good one because it's going to show up again. Usually, when you're older. And then you have yeah. your day that you, you're you blessed with. So everything, when you wake up, what you need is probably going to be around you. The further you have to go away from it, the further you're going outside of your day, and you have no idea if tomorrow's coming. That's so right. just like you said, sir, seize the day. Yeah. We have, to, we have to be, we know our identity because the word tells us, but we have to be salty and we have to shine. You talked about salt. I love it. I love it. We're salt and light, but are we salty? Right, right. <laughs> are, are we shining? That's the question. And it goes with time to polish that up. We, we, my brother, talked about like most of the people in our lives are stones, and we're we're a blade. And as they're either going to sharpen us, dull us, or polish us out. And if you're sitting somewhere where you're starting to get dull and things are getting bad, that's usually the people around you. Because God's created an environment that's wonderful. You just have to get through it. But yeah. you know, in order to know you're having a, a a great day, you've had to have a hard one to weigh it off of. That, that, that's yeah. the only way you can measure that. And, and ultimately, all, all of our experiences are intended to bring us closer to the creator uh, at the end of the day. Um, he wants to be in relationship with us. Uh, and we go through travails. Uh, we, we, we bear one another's burdens, uh, always to show uh, the love of Christ and to bring us closer uh, to him. That's the goal. Amen to that. You guys have me crying this morning. This is <laughs> man, I'm about to say, we'll bring you back around. I, we'll bring you back around. <laughs> we're going to do this every, as a matter of fact, to get me out of a lot of trouble. We, every we, Sunday, we start, if you wouldn't mind, if we can we, call you up. We can, we can, yeah, <laughs> I was going to say, can I Zoom call you on Sunday morning before you go? I, I'm good. You get in front right, of Mark already called us. We're good, man. It's all right. So they actually caught the individuals that that did that to you. I gotta ask this: Have you have you spoken to the gentleman that shot you since? No, I I saw him in court. They did convict him to twenty five to life, and the and the driver uh, was caught. He was also convicted. Uh, I don't know if uh, both of them are still in jail or not. You know, a TV show contacted me and wanted to bring us together uh, for a show, and uh, that didn't happen. Um, but his uh, uh, his name is uh, Anthony Jackson, as I recall. Uh, he was eighteen years old at the time, raised by a, a single a grandmother, uh, as I recall, or a single mom. But no, to answer your question, uh, I have not uh, encountered him since. Um, so you graduated? Graduated USC. Okay, forgive you. 87 with a degree in journalism. Yes, sir. Broadcast journalism. <laughs> and I ended up doing what the heck to do with that. I got a degree in psychology, and I don't 
I don't know why. So, but so from yeah, we still give him a lot of grief for that. A, a, a and family, <laughs> and then to turn it around after everything because you have a Juris Doctorate from the University of Southern California as well. That's impressive. I mean, not the USC thing, but the Juris Doctorate thing. That's impressive. <laughs> and your master's in theology, yes, sir. Yes, I, I did. But let me tell you a little something about um, uh, the JD uh, for those who are listening who are, are going through some tough times. Uh, USC, you know, I've never been a good standardized test taker, so I didn't do well on the LSAT. But I had that swim with Mike scholarship waiting for me. Uh, it was only applicable to uh, 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 going and matriculating into USC. So I, um, uh, for four years, I took the LSAT uh, every year. And I did better each year. I applied. I kept applying. They kept denying me. They kept denying me. And then they said, you know what? Uh, why don't you go to another school and, and do well there and then reapply? I didn't know it was a setup. And in fact, uh, they knew that it was almost impossible to do. So I did. I went to Whittier Law School. I, I came out in the top 5%. And then I had them send my transcript to USC. The, the professors at Whittier all agreed to delay their summer breaks to get the grades in so that I could apply to USC. I don't think it's ever happened before. And when I got my uh, transcripts over to USC, the dean at the time said to me, how did you get this done? No one's ever able to get their transcripts done in time to be considered for admission. And then he said, welcome to USC. After four years of just never giving up, never quitting, I said, I am going to pick up the pieces of my life here and you're not going to tell me I can't do it. I just kept applying until I got in. And that is a message to somebody today. Don't give up because the next try may be the try that leads to success. That, never that, that's the best one because you never hear about anybody who got in there the first try and they did great. Yeah, I made A's. Who cares about you? I mean, if you're literally the one that doesn't he do doesn't well really standardized tests, doesn't mean that. <laughs> I do right now. But if you're the guys who get rejected, but you keep going back and you keep trying, those are the stories that lead up to the great life. The, yeah. the, the ones that lead you into a perfect, not a perfect path, but one that, that is truly rewarding. Yeah. Like if you got in every time on the first time and you didn't meet that resistance, then how could you even appreciate what you have? And that's not a shot at those who get in. I'm glad those who get in. That had to be the greatest feeling when you graduate, I know, when you walk right? that stage. When they say that to you and you're like, hey, man, good job. I mean, just just great job. And and I bet those are the ones that, I mean, you feel that reward because you know, you man, I put the work in. That's in one of the things where it just showed up and I got a T-shirt and I don't even remember where it's at. Like, I, like I, you know you put the work in. Oh, let me. T- it was a long journey. And then, and then let me tell you what happened after that. Then I became the poster boy when the accreditation team came uh, to interview students. They picked me to be uh, one of the leaders uh, to, to talk to the accreditation team for the law school. Imagine that. That's rich. That's irony. There you go. That's a perfect definition of it. Did you say, well, you guys can go to another school for a while. <laughs> hey, go down here for a little while. That. Get back to me later. Make sure your resume is up to speed because mine was. So after... Um I, going through, you have such a diverse portfolio. So your resume, I, I was writing it down because I wanted to go over it, but it was, I, I, I can honestly say it is so impressive, just your wingspan. And you said earlier that you go to DC. I worked in DC for a while. Hey, do you even God have time to you. use all your skill sets? 
<laughs> I, I, after talking to you, I got to think that you're what the boards that you're on and you're, you're really involved in STEM. I am too. Um, I worked at the department of energy. I'm about to ask you, did, did, have you ever met? And I don't know, Dean Kamen. No, he's a big proponent for STEM. Okay. Um, how, I don't even know how you find time to do all those amazing things and all the boards and the profit, nonprofits and the profit, for-profit board members that you're on. And then to circle it all around, you work in D.C., which is the most unholy of holy places ever. And I can't even, I try to articulate that to folks and they just get, it's kind of like lost in transition. I know, they sent him back miserable. You're always smiling. I'm just curious as to how, I mean, that's the Lord in you, I guess. Well, it's like you guys, I'm not afraid. So well, is that? When you're not, when you're not afraid, you, you can smile because you know you, you got the victory. It may not be right now. Uh, but the victory is coming. Uh, but, you know, you talk about Washington, D.C., uh, and it, it, it's, it's, it's interesting. The capital of the United States, along with Sacramento and Latin Sacramentum, right, uh, all of the darkness uh, uh, that has spread across the country, uh, like homosexual marriage, which is, you know, nothing, nothing against uh, people who are gay. You, you love the, the sinner and you, you hate the sin. But these things have come out of California and have swept across the country. Uh, and then, of course, the, the United States Capitol, you've got the same kind of spirit uh, that is uh, really creeping uh, and, and, and decaying uh, the culture. And so, you know, working in Washington, D.C. has been a joy for me, believe it or not, um, because I get to go right to the heart. You know, federal law supersedes any, anything uh, that's happening in the country. Uh, and so it, it has been a joy uh, going back and forth and, 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 and pushing policy. Uh, uh, in, into the Capitol and into the White House. You may know uh, that the Lord positioned me to actually lay hands and pray over President Trump uh, in March. Yes, sir. We heard. Uh, and you have, you, I, I applaud your, your, your shoulders for handling the, you, I, I know you've been taking, taking heavies for that. Yeah, yeah. But thank you for doing that. Right. We're in the middle of Armageddon right now. We just appreciate you stepping up. Which I don't, I don't understand why the bastards out there. You're, 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 you're praying for our president and our country, and then there's going to be some jackass out there that's going to badmouth and criticize you for it. I don't understand that. We don't need them. Nah. I mean, it's honestly, I don't care who the president. makes sense. I don't care who the president is. If I you know, have the opportunity the to pray about? for the, if you have the opportunity to pray for the president who leads our <laughs> country, who we fought two wars for. Why, why would you? That's right. Why would why wouldn't you just say thank you for doing that? <laughs> let, me, let me give you a metaphor. Let me give you a metaphor, but let me first lay the foundation. First Timothy chapter two verses one through four instructs us to pray for the leaders over us. Proverbs twenty nine two says, "When the righteous are in power, the people rejoice. When the wicked rule, the people moan." So we are we are called uh, to do what what we're talking about, which is praying over our leaders, and electing godly leaders over us. But let me give you a metaphor. Uh, the reason why I got the reaction from Jimmy Kimmel, Saturday Night Live's Chris Redd, Spike Lee, uh, uh, along uh, with, with others, including CNN on Don Lemon's show, uh, called White House Negroes. Uh, the reason why they, they respond the way they do, and they may not even know it, is here's the picture, here's the picture. When you, are, when you are pushing back against darkness and you, are, and you are taking back ground, you are taking ground away from the enemy, his fingers are being pried off of the land that he 
had taken uh, from, uh, from the light. His fingers are being pried off of his own success. Guess what? He squeals. He squeals because he's not happy about it. It's like when we were defeating ISIS, as we were taking back uh, and fighting back and pushing back ISIS and destroying the caliphate. You don't think ISIS was, was screaming? Of course they were screaming because they're being defeated. And the enemy is being defeated and he's not happy about it. So when Jimmy Kimmel screams and mocks people who are praying, mocks people who are praying, that is evidence that we are taking back ground that was lost. And I'm happy to be a part of that effort. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Amen to that, too. That's what I mean. Don't get tacked down. A bully's a bully. It comes in all different forms. Even the form says that they're not bullies, that they're the ones that love and this, that, and the other. But if you're loving, the why are you always talking smack and, and hating? And I mean, it's like they're always in a bad mood. If you wake up in the morning and see another day being a better one. Yeah. Definitely don't talk down to somebody who's trying to pray over somebody. I don't care yeah. who you are. That, that doesn't jive over on this on this side. We don't we don't. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna shift gears on you again. Yeah, what are we one more fired time. Up? Right. Yeah, hey, I got to I got to go a different direction. Okay, Mark, because I got to know this because my brother and I are huge football fans. What was it like? If you don't mind me asking, what was it like at the Hall of Fame commencement? Wow, wow! I knew you were gonna say that. Yeah, let, let me tell you. That's what we were I'm thinking. I'm gonna be on with uh, with. Uh, uh, one of the, the, the top radio guys in, in Canton uh, this Friday. And so I, I was thinking about the Hall of Fame just before we started this podcast. And I have to tell you, um, the journey to the Hall for my father was a very, very long one. He went in with the seniors class. And I was the one who began the campaign uh, to get him uh, to get him inducted as a, as a kid. I thought he was in the Hall of Fame because he's in so many. And we were sitting in uh, uh, Syracuse and someone came up to dad and said, what year did you go in? We have a bet. What year did you go in, Mr. Little? And at that time, he said to them, I've never even been nominated. So when you when you take the context of the history, uh, uh, the decade of, of, of campaigning to get him in and then to transport into that moment where I'm sitting between Jerry Jones, the owner of the Cowboys, and Mr. Benson, the owner of the Saints, who's now deceased, God rest his soul. I'm sitting between these two giants, right? And I'm kibitzing with them both as if I'm in their club, right? <laughs> hey, what's happening? How you doing? Hey, how you doing? Good to see you. It's been a <laughs> Good while. Good to see you. Good to see you. Nice and coat. So, and so the, the moment for me was surreal as I, as I sit uh, and wait uh, for my video to be played, uh, and then and then for me to be called to to un, un, uh, unveil the, the, my father's bust, uh, and then to and then to embrace him. My dad and I, we 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 we. He's my best friend. He's my best friend, and I'm 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 so blessed to be able to say that. But we we kiss right in the mouth, and so after we <laughs> unveil the bust, we hugged and we kissed, and, and they, they talked about that uh, for 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 a good while. Uh, and so, and so to go in with Emmett Smith and Jerry Rice. Yeah, uh, that's ah, right. Yeah, Emmett, 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 Emmett Smith, Jerry Rice went in the same year. His speech was epic. I mean, epic. It was unbelievable. But here's the part that you don't know. Here's the part that you don't know. 
So I say so they, they pre-record the the presenters now so that they can try to control the time. But the time is still way out of control. Uh, but uh, they they could they they pre-recorded it. And, and as you can already experience that I love the Lord and 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 my heart is is a heart for God, and I can't help but you know quote scripture and to, and to talk about the goodness of the Lord. And there was no different in my in my introduction of my dad. Uh, and, and I was so honored to do it because I've got two sisters uh, who are who are equally, if not better, articulate than I am. Uh, but I was chosen to represent uh, the family and to, and, and to introduce my dad into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And I, I, I said a lot of things that really honored the Lord uh, in, in my father's life and in my father's journey. And so as I'm sitting uh, in that moment about to uh, hear uh, my remarks and then my father's live remarks, they hand me the script and they show me how every reference to God that I made had been deleted. <laughs> they deleted every reference to God. And so I'm sitting there, there's, there's nothing I can do. Uh, uh, I'm enjoying the moment, disappointed in, in that choice. And then my father gets up in live television. And the first thing he says in his speech is, I give all glory and honor to my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. <laughs> and, and you can only imagine the victory that I felt that the enemy would try <laughs> to not have the uh, name of Jesus Christ uttered. And the first thing my father does is to, is to proclaim his name. Now, here's what you don't know. If my father had been inducted 10 years earlier, that probably wouldn't have happened. My father himself was on a journey, bringing him closer to God. And for that to be able to be proclaimed in this season of his life was a victory. And it goes back to what I said, Romans 8 and 28. All things work together for good for those who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. And that was the evidence of that in that moment. It was an, most, it was an electrifying day. It was an electrifying moment. The world saw it. Uh, and it is still something that lives on uh, in our lives uh, to be able to look back on it and say, wow. I'll never forget what it. What a moment. What a moment. I'll never forget it. I remember that one and those speeches. With Emmett, when we were talking about when all, all when all with that, I, I'll never forget. It. It's the only one I remember, actually. There's a, there's a couple in between, man, but that one I, in particular, I can't believe we're talking about it. I hadn't thought about that in forever. And then, guys, we go back every year, and, and obviously, with this year being the exception, 2020 being the exception, but we go back every year, uh, and it's a community. Uh, it is one of the rarest communities uh, uh, in in sports. Uh, gold jackets, we call them. Oh man, y'all have so much fun up there. That has to be the uh, oh, what a great fraternity to be a part of. M Michael Irving has become a dear friend. He's the one that that said, "I'm going to start kissing my son in the mouth." Oh, Mike's great. Michael is great. <laughs> we know He's him. He's so great. Oh man. <laughs> yeah. Do you want to tell our listeners what you got going on? Would you like to promote your book or anything else? You know, um, I'm happy to promote the book. That that that's that's not my priority. I know we'll book. do it for you. Yeah, no, that's what we're here. For. Yeah, we're here for for that. That's we're going to take care of that part. That, that's fine. And I I want to leave you with something. I'll say something about the book. It's the Prodigal Republican 
faith and politics. I am a conservative uh, Republican uh, and uh, I'm pro-life, I'm, I'm pro-sanctity of human life. Uh, but the book primarily talks about what I believe uh, as a conservative, uh, really as a conservative and not as a Republican. Parties change, values should not. Uh, and so it's about my values on a number of issues. Uh, and then the book is about how Republicans went from, uh, I'm sorry, how Blacks went from being uh, 100% Republicans to 98% uh, voting Democrat. Uh, and then I encourage people to take their, their faith uh, into the voting booth. We can't leave behind what we believe as Christians and vote for people who don't support uh, our, our biblical worldview. So that's what the book is about. It's on Amazon. Uh, my, my website is theproticalrepublican.com. Uh, my Instagram is real Mark T Little. That's Mark with a C. Real Mark T. That's Little. the only way to spell it. And my Twitter, and my Twitter is Prodigal Repub. Uh, but here's what I want to share with you as I was preparing uh, to be with you all today. If you would permit me just a few please, moments, please. Because we talked about never quit moments, uh, and uh, and you a you asked me for two. And if you would permit me, I want to share something that so many people uh, uh, battle and they deal with, and, and, and I want to encourage them. Uh, it's the issue of infertility, uh, the issue of infertility. Uh, my wife and I struggled to have a family uh, for the better part of 10 years. Uh, she was not able to get pregnant. We were able to create what we thought was uh, an embryo, uh, but my wife ended up having a condition uh, 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 that uh, called a molar pregnancy. Uh, where she, where it, she would have all the signs of a pregnancy, uh, but she would have an abnormal growth. It wasn't really an embryo. Uh, it was an egg uh, without, without, it was, it, I, I guess it was a, a egg that was not fertilized, but it took on the form uh, of an embryo. In fact, it, it's cancer. And, and, so, and so we went through a season of great difficulty uh, uh, with uh, one, just trying the natural way, then, then trying uh, uh, the infertility, uh, injections and all of that, and then ultimately trying for surrogacy. Uh, and, and all of those things failed. And we ultimately were, were blessed uh, with, a, with an adoption with a son uh, from Ethiopia, who is the greatest gift to our marriage and to me as a father uh, that I could ever, ever have. And I want to encourage people uh, who are having infertility challenges, uh, don't wait as long as, as I did. If you're having challenges, the Lord has a special way of giving you what he wants you to have. And my son, Yaakov, who, by the way, looks exactly like me, which is frightening, <laughs> is the greatest, other than my wife, he is the greatest gift that God has ever given me. So I, I just want to encourage people who, 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 are, who are in that space, who are trying to start a family and, and don't understand why they can't have a child. God sees you and he has something for you. Just move forward. If adoption uh, is an option for you, uh, then do that. Uh, don't wait because tomorrow's not promised. Start your family and let the Lord bless you uh, with a child or with children. I just wanted to say that never quit in trying to start a family. So many of us we start our marriages and our lives, and we're selfish. We want to have it just perfect. We want the perfect job. We want the 
the perfect this and the perfect that. Um, yeah, in the beginning, the Lord said, go forth and procreate, right? Mm. That, that was really the, 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 the real point on populating the earth um, in Adam and Eve. That, that was sort of the first charge that we had. Uh, and so uh, I'm just so I'm so blessed. And I just wanted to share that with you. You never know who is battling in that issue. It's a very painful journey. Uh, but I want to encourage them that the Lord is with them. Amen. Yes, sir. Thank you. Hey, thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of the podcast. Tell us what you think. If if Mark's story meant something to you, let us know. Share it with someone else who it might help, who it might impact. If you guys haven't already, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, CastBox, anywhere else you listen to podcasts. Just so you guys know, we got some new podcast gear in stock. Mark, hey, thank you, thank you so much again for joining us. Yes, sir. Thank you so much. It has been a pleasure. I'm now a part of your family. Oh, you're in here now. We got you. <laughs> I can't wait to be with you. I can't wait to be with you again. But please be aware. I bring cigars when I come to a party. So hey, we careful. have them waiting on you when you arrive and everything else you need out here. So God bless you. God bless. <laughs> See you guys. Bye, Mark. Bye.